0: Ontario Ombudsman finds that a girl in the custody of a for-profit child services agency went missing for 47 days. RCMP slammed for refusing to allow someone who is illegally detained a shower. Oh, and they also filmed her in the bathroom. The Royal Bank is the biggest investor into fossil fuels in the world. And 18,000 cows die in a barn fire in Texas, though similar carnage happens in Canada too. Good morning. It's Friday, Friday, April 14th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. (coughs) A report from Ontario's ombudsman has found that a child who was in the care of a foster home hundreds of kilometres away from where she lived went missing for 47 days and was at risk of human trafficking. She was just 13. She's from northwestern Ontario and Kenneth Jackson from APTN has named her Misty. She was placed with the Johnson Children's Services in southwestern Ontario. Jackson notes that the company is a for-profit foster agency. Anishinaabe Abinuji Family Services placed her there because she had complex needs and it was the only place with sufficient care that she needed. Misty went missing seven times while in the care of Johnson Children's Services, including one time where she was gone for 19 days in a row. There's evidence that she's been physically and sexually abused and has experienced a drug overdose, Jackson reports. The ombudsman found that both Johnson Children's Services and AAFS have shared responsibility for the system failures that she experienced. The Ombudsman made 58 recommendations that were divided between the two agencies and Southwestern Child Services, all of which the agencies have accepted. Now to a report from another watchdog. The Civilian Review and Complaints Commission has slammed the RCMP for how they treated a woman who was in their custody. And I mean, this story is frankly bonkers. The RCMP stopped her from taking a shower and filmed her using the toilet without telling her. CBC News got a copy of the report through access to information. Why is this stuff not just made public? Her name is redacted in the documents. The woman was arrested in Grand Prairie, Alberta, quote, following a dog-biting incident, unquote. She refused to sign a release and argued that she hadn't been given information about why she was being charged. And so, the RCMP kept her detained for nearly a week as she awaited a custody hearing. CBC reports, quote, the CRCC's investigators said that decision was inconsistent with the criminal code, unquote inconsistent with the criminal code. I think that means that she should never have been criminally charged. It's too bad that the journalist didn't just like vulgarized that for us and said what the investigators said themselves. But let's go on. She was charged with two bylaw offenses, not criminal offenses, information that really should have been at the start of the article rather than kind of buried down in it. So she's charged with two bylaw offenses, a dog biting incident, which should not have resulted in her being detained. She should have only been fined. CBC's Catherine Tunney, being extremely generous, wrote that the fact that she was charged with bylaw breaches, which should have only resulted in fines, was was quote something which seemed lost on the responding officer unquote which is quite the euphemism for he acted illegally the oversight body blamed this odd treatment on the fact that the woman refused to identify herself though it found that the decision to detain her was still quote a bizarre result The RCMP did the most Canadian thing ever and said it was sorry. So we have a woman who was not convinced on the charges that she was being charged with. She was demanding more information. She refused to give her name. And the RCMP retaliated by detaining her for almost a week, which was illegal, and refusing to allow her to have showers and filming her in the washroom. This seems like criminal harassment and forcible confinement. Not that... It was lost on the officer that she shouldn't have been detained because it was just a bylaw infraction. Showers, in particular, have been found to be, quote unquote, fundamental to personal integrity. The RCMP has claimed that showers are dependent on things like how many other people are locked up at the same time and how much time officers have to coordinate them. Something that the oversight body didn't buy. Brenda Lucky, when she was the head of the RCMP at the time of the decision, said that she agreed that showers need to be made possible. But the RCMP refused to respond to the CBC in this story, so they couldn't get an answer on whether or not Lucky's comments had actually been reflected in policy. The CBC reported other cases in 2022 where people who were detained were denied showers. The oversight body condemned that the woman was filmed in the bathroom, obviously, as well, and she also was denied medical help when she complained that she was worried about feeling numbness in one side of her face. Anyway, the RCMP is rotten to the core, and sorry, but it needs to be disbanded. Next up. Another Canadian institution that needs to be disbanded, the Royal Bank of Canada. It is the largest funder of fossil fuels in the whole world. A new report from a U.S. climate justice group clocks their funding at $42 billion U.S. Scotiabank ranked next for the big banks at ninth, followed by TD. The Bank of Montreal was at 15th and CIBC was at 16. CIBC, even though they're 16th, still spent $17.9 billion investing in fossil fuels. The Canadian Press article concludes with this, quote, Greenpeace Canada senior energy strategist Keith Stewart said in a statement that RBC becoming the world's largest fossil fuel funder shows bankers can't be trusted to do the right thing on climate change, so they need to be regulated to do so, unquote. I mean, okay, okay, regulated to do so, fine, I guess. But this is all we've got. It's a pretty thin article, at least the one that appeared at CTV. It's by the Canadian Press. What it doesn't mention is last week at the RBC annual meeting in Saskatoon, many Indigenous representatives tried to get into the meeting but were denied. There was heavy security. They were trying to get several resolutions passed among shareholders, including that free, prior and informed consent was something that shareholders understood and insisted that RBC uphold. Grand Chief Stuart Phillip from the Union of British Columbia Indian Chiefs said that they were trying to convince the shareholders that these principles could be part and should be part of their decision making. They managed to get 28% of the shareholders to agree, which Grand Chief Phillip said was progress. He told CBC's Power and Politics that they would continue the struggle. And finally, an explosion at a dairy farm in Dimmit, Texas, has killed about 18,000 cattle and critically injured one person. It's the deadliest barn fire recorded since animal welfare started tracking these kinds of deaths. The theory about the fire's cause is overheated equipment, though fire marshals would be investigating further. In 2013, a fire at high-grade egg producers in Indiana killed one million chickens. I mention this news because I think it's completely nuts to me that single farms would even have that much cattle. I think of my uncle's dairy farm that had enough cows that they knew every one by name. 18,000 is horrifically too big. Though the story made me look into other large fires in Canada, as there was one a couple of years ago in Saskatchewan at an Olimel farm that made me swear off pork forever. But I couldn't remember the details. In searching for it, I found news from February. Another Olimel hog operation experienced a massive fire just north of Yorkton in Saskatchewan. 10,000 pigs perished in the fire. Fire crews said that they couldn't see a way to stop the fire safely, so they just let it burn out, taking along with it all of the pigs. Local fire chief Brad Secundiak told CTV, quote, For sure, it was hard to watch them burn. They're animals. They're no different than a human being. You want to try and save a life no matter what type of life it is. It was difficult, but to risk human life over that was a choice I had to make. So, as I said, that just happened in February. I'm not sure if you heard of it. I didn't. But I did find the fire that I had heard of before. In 2018, a fire near Rosetown, Saskatchewan, resulted in the death of 12,000 pigs. That, too, was an Olymel factory. Olymel announced this year it plans to close slaughterhouses in Blaineville and Laval in Quebec, both pork facilities, eliminating 170 jobs. Those jobs are represented by UFCW. And just yesterday, Olimel announced that it will close its pork plants at Valley Junction in Beauce, where 800 people work. It's the largest employer in the region, and they slaughter 7,000 pigs per day. I mean, I'm not a vegetarian, but I pretty much don't ever eat meat. And 7,000 pigs a day being slaughtered, horrifying conditions, death just everywhere. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good with the fact that I'm not eating pork these days. (laughs) Those are your headlines for Friday, April 14th. I'm Nora. It's the weekend. I hope you have something lined up. And if you were working all weekend, well, I hope that you've got Monday off. And I will talk to you then.